I'm going to start off by saying that I do need to put a trigger warning at the beginning of this episode. I have tried to keep the details the least graphic that I possibly can, but some of the content some people may find a bit disturbing. I do not want people to be turned away by hearing this. It is just that some people that have experienced these things, it may be very hard for them to hear. There are so many things in my life that do not always make sense. And I try to make sense of them and I try to remember, but there are some things that just should never be remembered. There are things that they did to us that should never be spoken of. But if we do not talk about it, how can we possibly bring awareness to it? And I know there are people that feel that the details are not what is important, but in ways I do disagree with that. I have earned the right to tell my story in every single way I possibly want to. And I feel like the details in this episode are especially important because if people do not know that it is happening, how do we intend to stop it? Again, You cannot protect people from lies, only from truth. My father did something, and he made me think I did something bad. He liked to play mind games a lot. It was gaslighting, but so much worse. And it was some of the most disturbing stuff, but some other things were not so much. But it did keep me under control. It made me feel like I was not a good person, and I did not deserve to live. One night I attempted to take my own life. I did not have very many things available to me, so I could only use child safety scissors. And they laughed at me, and they made fun of me for thinking that they would work. I wanted the pain to end. I wanted all the bad things to end. I did not want any of this to go on any further. And I did not see any way out. During the day when I was around other people, even during sales, everything felt so normal. But at nighttime, when I was alone by myself, is when things did not. Spending hours alone in the dark, you do not really have much else to do but to think. My bedroom was on the back of the house, and when I would look out my window... I could see the woods. It was magical at night, seeing the lightning bugs sparkle. I imagined that they were little fairies flying around. Outside my window was an escape like no other. If it was windy, and there was a lot of wind blowing through the trees, I pretended that there were tornadoes. I can remember staring at my swimming pool, pretending that it was the ocean and watching fish and dolphins jump out of the water. But once the sun set is when my mind started to wander to quite different places, places I did not like to go, places where I lived with monsters, and everything that was happening to me was not normal. I cannot exactly figure out how to explain how I knew it was not normal, but I also did not know it was normal gaslighting will do that to you 
they make sure you question your own reality. And it is like you believe two truths that cannot possibly both be true at the same time. And my life being normal was one of those things. I wrote a note and I said that I was tired of being in pain and tired of being a burden. I did not want to be a failure of a daughter to them anymore. I expressed how it was my fault that they did not love me and apologized for being so unlovable. Everything about it was explaining why I was the one that was in the wrong and could not live up to being the daughter that they wanted me to be. I apologized for not believing that my delusions were in fact delusions. I apologized for making up so many lies about them. I left the note on my mother's nightstand, and I can remember them coming in at 3 a.m. to check on me. That is what time they like to come in. I can remember my dad's face as he looked at my wrist and he just laughed. And again, it was something that they used against me for the rest of my life. I could never accomplish anything because I could not even take my own life properly. I thought they would bring me back to the hospital because they had been talking about it for many months. But they had finally finished the basement and built a bedroom in there. So it was easier for people to come to us. And the following night, a doctor came out to the house and strapped me down in the bed in the bedroom with restraints and gave me a sedative, hoping that it would calm me down and I would be able to sleep. I had spent many nights down in that bed. Sometimes it was because clients were coming out, but other times it was because I had been misbehaving. There were two floors above me where my parents' bedroom was, so when they would go to bed... I was able to try my hardest to break free. And on that night, I did. I ran up the stairs and out the back door as quick as I could. I hopped the fence and ran up and down the street. I was banging on every door, hoping somebody would answer so I could beg for help. I had nothing but a long white t-shirt on. It was so hot and humid that it just stuck to you. But eventually, he found me. I saw the headlights coming up the street, so I knew that my time was up, and I gave one last house a try. Nobody answered. I do not even know if anybody heard, but if they did, they just ignored my pleas for help. He threw me into the back seat of his car and told me that I would be punished. So when we got back to the house, I was dragged by my hair down to the basement. There was another room down there that was dark. They said it was used for storage, but that is where my cage was. And he put me in there and locked it with the padlock. I did not spend a whole lot of time in that cage. It was kind of like if nothing else worked, that is where I went. I was let out the following morning and told to get showered and go on with the day. I had clients and sales that I needed to get to. Not even 24 hours after attempting to take my own life and they were already forcing me to do the things that made me want to do it. All while telling me that the things were not happening and I was making it all up. I was just having another delusion. After we got home that night, 
me and my brother sat at the top of the stairs where we would like to sit when we would hear our parents. Sometimes they were arguing, sometimes they would have friends over, and it was fun to listen to them and imagine that we were adults and having a dinner party. But on that particular night, my father was so angry. He said that I had brought entirely too much attention and he was done, that he would be leaving my mother and would only come back once I was gone. This was the first time I ever heard him say that, but it was not the last. I can remember looking at my brother with tears in my eyes, begging him not to let them take me away. But what could he do? He was a child. The following night, I was driven to a gas station, and there was a woman there. She was wearing a cheetah print skirt with long black hair and ruby red lips. She was so beautiful. There was also two men in a pickup truck. The woman and my father spoke for some time before she came and escorted me to the pickup truck and instructed me to get in. She then got into the car with my father. The two men put a hood over my head so I would not be able to see where we were going. My father and the woman went one way and me and the two men went another way. I became out of sight, out of mind for my parents, but I was brought to a place that was so much more evil than I could ever imagine. I always call my home the house of horrors, and I believe that is what it was. But this new house does not have words to quite describe it. When we got there, I was brought inside and led to a room and the door was shut and locked behind me. I sat on the floor just crying because I had no idea where I was or how long I would even be there. I had no idea what was going to happen. I started hearing whispers coming from the floor vents. It was a boy and he was telling me not to cry, that it was going to be okay. I did not have to be alone. It was not long before the first client came. Between 10 to 15 a day every day for the approximately two years that I was there. There were things that happened at that house that I cannot even repeat because I do not want to have them become real by admitting them out loud. There was so much trauma at that house that to this day I still cannot make sense of all of it and it has been over 20 years since I escaped it. It was me, that boy, and another girl. I do not know their names, but their faces haunt my dreams every night. Most of our communication was done through the floor vents, but there were times when we were trusted to wander around the house. If we behaved, we would get more and more freedom. The sales of this house were so much different than the ones that my father would bring me to. They were not out in public, so they did not have to be discreet. They were more violent and less careful. I got pregnant on multiple occasions. Sometimes I was forced to have an abortion, whether I was taken to a clinic or they just handed me pills to take. Sometimes the clients wanted to watch my stomach grow and allowed me to complete the pregnancy. 
but the children were immediately taken after they were born, and I was told that they had died during childbirth. Later I would be shown videos of my children. They used them to blackmail me into doing whatever it was that they wanted. I know definitely that there were two children taken from me, but I am almost certain there were four, and I completely lost count of how many abortions I was forced to have. There was one day where the girl that was with me was outside and just screaming and crying. I went outside to try to quiet her because if they had found out that we had left the house, we would be in a lot of trouble. She started squirting me with a water hose to try to keep me away and screaming at me to stay away, just stay away. But I kept pushing my way towards her and I just wrapped my arms around her and sat on the ground with her and held her while she cried. She looked up at me and just asked, why do they keep taking our babies? And I could not say anything other than I do not know because at the time I did not know. But now I know that it was breeding that happens within sex trafficking rings. They do not need to go hunting for new victims when they can take them from other victims. I do not know where my children are. I do not know if they are alive. I do not even know their names. I never even saw their faces. Holding her that day broke me because for the first time, I did not feel as alone as I always had because I saw someone else hurting the same way that I was hurting. That house was not normal and I knew it with every inch of my soul. But it was not like home, so the jury was still out on that one. Our sex traffickers had found out what had happened, and we were put into cages inside of the living room. One night, I remember a woman walking in, the same woman that was at the gas station. She knew them well. They even said they had washed her favorite glass for her. They shared a drink, and after talking for a little while... She pointed over at me and said, that one. I was then pulled out of the cage and had a hood put over my head, and then there was something injected into my arm, and I blacked out. The next thing I knew, I was awake back in my cage the next morning. The other two had told me that I had only been gone for one night. The look on the boy's face hurt me so much because I could see how much pain he had in his eyes because he wanted to protect me and her and he could not. He loved us and would do anything to keep us safe but that was out of his control. It was out of all of our control. So we made a plan on how we were going to escape. It seemed like the perfect way but we were just teenagers. So what did we know? It felt like months before we were able to execute our plan, but to be honest, the days and nights started to merge together. Eventually, we were put back into our rooms, which the windows were blacked out, so we could not even tell if it was day or night. It is hard to tell how many days passed. We would continue to send secret codes through the floor vents, and then the day came. 
he made it out of his room and then came into mine and got me. And then we both went into hers and got her. We immediately ran out the door and jumped into that pickup truck. The same truck that brought me to that awful place. And just as quickly as I was brought there, we drove away. There was one thing that we never even thought about. None of us knew how to drive. But we did do our best. But sometimes your best is not always good enough. I do not know how far we made it down the highway or how we even lost control of the truck, but we landed in a ditch. It took hours before an ambulance came. It was the middle of the night, so not very many people were on the road, and even the ones that were probably did not even see us. I drifted in and out of consciousness. I do not remember much except him telling me to save myself. When the ambulance finally did arrive, they had to use the jaws of life to get us out of the truck. We were all taken to the local hospital. None of us spoke of where we had come from. I do not know if it's because we didn't want to go back and we were terrified that if they knew the address we had come from, they would have brought us there, or if we thought we would be in trouble for stealing the truck. But we all gave our real names and our parents information and they were called out to the hospital. I had a concussion and suffered a head injury. They wanted to observe me for a few hours before they released me into the care of my parents. Of course they acted like I had just been out on a joyride with two friends that I had known for most of my life and played the innocent parents that had no idea that I had even snuck out of the house. But I did ask if they could be kept out of my room so I could get some sleep. I just wanted some peace and quiet because I knew there was going to be nothing but chaos once I got home. I knew I was going to be punished for escaping. I would be punished for stealing the truck. There was so much that was going to happen all because of what I had just done. And I just wanted those last few hours of peace. A nurse had come in, and when I asked how my friends were doing, she apologized and told me that they had not survived. It was a pain I never knew before. It was a pain I never wanted to feel again. I did not understand how I was alive, but they were not. And I just remember closing my eyes and wishing that it was all a dream and that it had never happened. But then I started to wish that I had gone with them, that it was not just me that survived, that none of us had. I knew my parents were going to use their deaths as a way to continue to control me. They would do everything they could to make sure that I knew that it was my fault that the only two friends I ever had had passed away, that there were loving parents that would never see their kids again, all because of me. And I did not know how to go on. So I became a shell. I wasn't a person anymore. I didn't want to be. When I got home to my parents' house, it was summer. So I had started some summer classes. And then I remember one night my doorbell rang. And I knew the time had come. My father was getting arrested. I don't remember how I knew but I do remember knowing. 
I don't know exactly what he was arrested for, except for what I was told, which clearly was filled with lies. But I had a sense of peace because I thought that the sex trafficking was going to be over for at least a little while. It was not. They just had somebody else do it, a family friend. And that is when I finally realized the huge part my mother played in all of this. All the sales were because of her. All the abuse, all the gaslighting, all the pain, all of it was her. He was just a puppet, and I was just an object in her sick little games. The weekend after his arrest, we went and stayed at my aunt's house. They wanted us away from any press that attempted to knock on the door. But mostly, it was they wanted to hide me. And I don't know if it had anything to do with the story that they had told the neighbors on why I suddenly disappeared for a couple of years, or if it was because of all the bruises from the accident. But I do remember my aunt bringing me into the bathroom and showing me how to use toothpaste as an easy way to cover up bruises. A few months after, my father was sentenced and put in prison. My favorite uncle had passed away. I still to this day do not know what the cause was because I have been told so many different stories. September 24th, 1999 exactly 10 years before I escaped. After his death, I no longer cared what happened to me. I did not want to fight anymore. I just gave up. If they were going to take my life, they were going to take my life. If they were going to take me to sales, they were going to take me to sales. I had no control over anything, so what was the point in even trying anymore? I never got to tell him what they were doing, and I wish I had because I know he would have been the one to listen and to save me. And sometimes I feel like they took him from me because I knew that and because he would. Because once he was gone, my life took one of the darkest turns throughout all of it. His death was so hard. I had just lost two dear friends less than a year before that. And now I had lost him, and they wasted no time blaming me for any of it. And I did not care to believe anything else than what they told me. I was older now, so I had access to drugs. So I just used, so I could numb every single thing that was happening. So I did not have to remember. I did not have that fierceness inside of me wanting to fight. The drugs were just the perfect escape. While my father was incarcerated, we had lost the house. I cannot say I was ever too upset about that. We then bounced from house to house all over town, and eventually we were forced to move out of the state. I learned a lot in that time. From the digging of my own grave to the sex trafficking and abuse continuing while my father was imprisoned, from making fun of me for attempting to take my life, to blaming me for my friends losing theirs, I just spiraled. And I kept crashing for a very long time. I was just at the point where nothing mattered to me anymore. And to be honest, I was so much happier that way. When you do not care about the monsters, 
the monsters are not as scary. I do not know where that house was, and I do not know who those two men were, but they did things in front of me that no child should ever see, no person should ever see. The sales were so brutal. I was being punished for trying to take my life by being sent to a place that showed me that my life did not even matter. That showed me that there are things worse than death. So why take something that does not matter? Whatever reason they sent me there, it worked. Because it changed me. I did not want to be loved by them anymore because I knew I never would be. I did not want to be treated like a person because I knew I would never be viewed that way. Those two years I wish I could never remember, but unfortunately I remember almost every graphic detail. Eventually I found a way to move on and I found a way to learn to love my life again, but it took many, many years. I believe that my uncle was by my side that day that I left. I believe that that date is an important date, so I do not think it is a coincidence. So every time I hear his song, I thank him for the part that he played in my life. Every time I close my eyes and I see my friends' faces, I thank them for theirs. And I hope to see them again someday. And then maybe I will finally get that family welcoming me with open arms that I have always dreamed of.